Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sky by the World Global Times of Devotion. I'm going to be reading from First Timothy 2, from verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. We're going to be interceding for all men at this time. As um, the scripture has clearly told us, we're going to be praying specifically for everyone that has been involved in um, one level of deception or the other against the nations of the world. We're going to be declaring that that, that proceeds no further. The deception proceeds no further. The people are no more deceived. Hallelujah. We're going to declare that no, they are not held in that deception against humanity. Hallelujah. Right now, we begin to pray for all men everywhere. No more deception, but they come to the knowledge of the truth of God's word. Can you unmute yourself and then speak in other tongues? Marcassente chi la bracca dolce la mandi. Ya 
Jesus, Jesus, how I love you, how I prove it more Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to love you. Jesus, Jesus, how I love you, how I prove it Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to love you. Thank you, Father, because you help us love you more. We please you in all of our ways, in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. Our greatest desire is to please you, Lord, and we're guided in that path daily in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Today is Friday and it's the 23rd of um, April. And Pastor's teaching us he loves all men. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3, 16. And that's the verse that every, any Sunday school child knows. The Bible says, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5 and verse 8. This is inarguably the best and greatest news on earth that he loved us while we are yet sinners. And because of his love, he sent Jesus to save us from destruction, sin, and judgment. Blessed be God. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we are yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Oh, the strength of this communication from God. If he loved sinners then, he still loves them today. He didn't die for Christians. He died for the ungodly, the hopeless, wicked sinners, people who hated God. If his work of salvation hadn't been perfect or sufficient and he had to do it again, he would have done it. That's how strong his love is. This is to let you understand the heart of God in this hour. When he sees Satan using men to destroy other men, he's grieved. Even the very human instruments of Satan, the very people that Satan uses to destroy other men, God loves them and he'd want them to turn away from their ignorance and recognize his love. God loves men so much that he impresses upon us to intercede for them in their wickedness, ungodliness, ignorance, and in their sinfulness. In 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1, he makes praying for all men a priority. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of things be made for all men. This is so consistent with God's love. The first thing he thinks about in the earth is the value of every man. Before you pray for your needs, your work, etc., pray first for all men. He wants them to come to the knowledge of his love and his truth. Second Peter 3 and verse 9 says, He is unwilling that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Such amazing love. Praise God. Today we're reminded of um, why Christ came. And while we are about this whole, when you say I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, what is it about? The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John 10, 10, he said, the thief cometh to steal, to kill, to destroy, but I have come that they may have life, that you may have life. Jesus was clear as to why he came. And by so doing, he's clear as to why he left us here. You know, um, coming from last year, we witnessed a lot of wickedness in the world. And if you've been following the researches, if you've done your researches, or you've also followed the findings of the researches of other people, you have you would have seen how wicked man is how wicked um you know the guys who masterminded the pandemic how how terrible you know they think and the evil they've already done you know um so much so much evil has been perpetrated in our world in the last one year as in so much evil that has been done since <laughs> even if not since the existence of man you know it's it's terrible it's crazy it's when you see certain things it's difficult to even want to wish the person well but today we are reminded in the rhapsody that even those men those ones who have acted in wickedness in ungodliness in ignorance in sinful in sinfulness is it god loves them They say God loves them. God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. And that is why he's called us into a ministry of intercession. I usually would say that the first 15 minutes of this devotional is very important. 
very, very important. And it matters that we show up so that we can, if, if, if for anything, you know that that time of the day, you stood in the gap. You stood in the gap, you prayed. Look at the last paragraph. He said, the first thing God thinks about in the earth is the value of every man. He said, before you pray for your need, before you pray for your work, before you pray, you want to get married, it's a prayer point for every day. You want to have a child, it's a prayer point for every day. I really don't know why it should be a prayer point for every day. But he says that before you pray about anything, pray first for all men. That's how important this prayer is to God. So if at all you know that that 15 minutes between 6 a.m. and 6.15, you prayed. The devotion kicks off. Most times, Pastor Debbie starts even before 6 a.m. We have started praying. So God is reminding us today of a ministry that he's given us as Christians, and it is the ministry of intercession. On the group daily, Sister Princess would post the prayer point for the praying for the nations. There are so many opportunities that we've been surrounded by to intercede for the salvation of men. And of course, we also give. I don't think that there's anybody on this platform that is not a giver. If you don't give for the gospel, <laughs> if you don't give for the global evangelization of the world at this time, I don't know what your, your money doesn't mean anything to God. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you as it is. The most important thing to God at this time is the salvation of all men. If your money is not going into it, your life doesn't count on earth for God's agenda. And you know, and let's not be selfish in our desires. Let's not be selfish in the things that we want. Be honest with yourself. What is your greatest desire every day? Even in business, when you say, oh, I want to make money, why do you want to make money? Is it to prove to your friends that, oh, I've arrived? Is it because you want to buy that latest Benz? Is it because of the house you want to buy? Is it because of the clothing? Is it because you want to show them on social media that you are wealthy? Or is it because of the gospel? Is it because you want to do more for the gospel? Why, are you, why, why is that desire to make more money, that desire to have more, why? You know, this is a question that in your heart you can answer because you know what you are thinking. You know what is in your heart. When they talk about giving, maybe you hear that a man of God is asking, is calling for partnership, for evangelism, for the work that we're doing in the kingdom, it can be in any ministry. What comes to your mind? Oh, they want to collect our money. No, keep your money. Keep your money. At the rapture, let's see if you take the money out. As much good you to love life. Unless God's work come first. When money enters your hand, first thing, you don't easy about changing ones. The, the iPhone is coming out. It's a, it's, it's a big deal for us to get it. That money you need to buy an iPhone. Never bring it. You give me it at once. You pass it to your money. We get to heaven. No. You see, in the term, a millionaire is not someone who has a million income. A billionaire is someone who has a million income. is not given that. Giving to one is a billionaire. So forget what you have. 
doesn't matter what you have at this moment. It doesn't matter your assets. It doesn't matter how many cars, how many houses. It doesn't matter how many certificates you have. It doesn't matter, matter how far you have traveled all around the world. Say, oh, I spend money in the millions. What are you spending it for? God doesn't recognize you as a millionaire. And that is why a lot of times you see that there are people who have money, they can't even enjoy it. When you go to the healing school, you see a lot of people, they have a, they can afford anything that money can buy. Or health, it's the Lord that give it health. He said, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health. The doctors don't give health. Forget the drugs. <laughs> So my brothers and my sisters, be reminded today, God loves all men and he wants all men to come to repentance. Fulfill your ministry of intercession, intercede daily for all men. Fulfill your ministry of partnership, give towards the propagation of the gospel that all men might hear of the gospel and fulfill your ministry as a personal evangelist. Continue to win those in your circle to the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for we are doers of the word and not just hearers. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll hand over to Sister Joy for the further study and the Rhapsody prayer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ma. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. I'll be taking the further study. Um, we're reading from 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. I'm sure we are all familiar with this verse. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So reading 2 Corinthians 5.19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I hope I have Yes, praise God. So we're going to be taking the prayer right now. You don't have to unmute yourself. Just repeat after me wherever you are. Righteous Father, your love for all men is overwhelming. Having demonstrated it through Christ's vicarious death, I'm compelled by your love to preach the gospel and turn sinners into righteousness and the glorious liberty of the sons of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Um, right now, I would like to hand over to Brother Zier as he takes us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a glorious day ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the World Times of Devotion, depending on what part of the world you're connecting from. Thank you so much, Sister Marker, for this amazing platform. I'll be reading the New Testament Bible reading plan today. And um, we've been reading the message translation. Congratulations for everyone that's been consistent. We're in the book of Luke, chapter 20 today, from verse 1 to 19. And it reads, I hope you can see my screen. Okay, adults. Okay, so yeah. One day, he was teaching the people in the temple, proclaiming the message. The high priests, religion scholars, and leaders confronted him and demanded, show us your credentials. Who authorized you to speak and act like this? Jesus answered, First, let me tell you, let me ask you a question about the baptism of John. Who authorized it, heaven or humans? They were on the spot and knew it. 
they pulled back into a huddle and whispered. If we say heaven now, he'll ask us why we didn't believe him. If we say humans, the people would tear us limb for limb, convinced as they were that John was God's prophet. They agreed to concede that round to Jesus and said they didn't know. Jesus said, then neither will I answer your question. A caption, the story of corrupt farmhands. Verse 9. Jesus told another story to the people. A man planted a vineyard. He handed it over to farmhands and went off on a trip. He was gone a long time. In time, he sent a servant back to the farmhands to collect the profits. But the, they beat him up and sent him off empty-handed. He decided to try again and sent another servant. That one dip it blue black and sent him off empty-handed he tried a third time they walked that servant over from head to foot and dumped him in the streets the owner of the vineyard said i know what i will do i will send my beloved son they are bound to respect my son but when the farmhand saw him coming they quickly put their heads together this is our chance. This is the hair. Let's kill him and have it all to ourselves. They killed him and threw him over the fence. What do you think the owner of the vineyard will do? Right? He will come and clean house. Then he will assign the care of the vineyard to others. Those who were listening said, Oh no, he will never do that. But Jesus didn't back down. Why then do you think this was written? The stone the masons threw out, it's now the cornerstone. Anyone falling over that stone will break every bone in his body. If the, if the stone falls on anyone, it will be a total smash-up. The religious scholars and high priests wanted to lynch him on the spot, but they were intimidated by public opinion. They knew the story was about them. But the Lord bless this reading of his word in our hearts, in Jesus' name. Right now, I'll be handing over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament Bible reading plan. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you very much, Brother Duzi. <clears throat> So precious words from Jesus. Our Lord Jesus is a pastor calling a master of words. Praise God. So we move to Old Testament segments. And um we're reading first Samuel chapter 18. First Samuel chapter 18 and 19 today. The caption is Jonathan and David, so friends. Um, thank you very much, esteemed Sister Marka, for this opportunity. And verse 1, by the time David had finished reporting to Saul, Jonathan was deeply impressed with David. An immediate bond was forged between them. He became totally committed to David. From that point, from that point on, he would be David's number one advocate and friend. Saul received David into his own household that day. No more to return to the home of his father. Jonathan, out of his deep love for David, made a covenant with him. He formalized it with solemn gifts, his own royal robe and weapons, armor, sword, bow, and belt. Whatever Saul gave David to do, he did it and did it well. So well that Saul put him in charge of his military operations. Everybody, both the people in general, and Saul's servants approved of and admired David's leadership. Now the caption, David, the name on everyone's lips. Verse 6. As they returned home, after David had killed the Philistine, the woman poured out of all the villages poured out of all the villages of Israel, singing and dancing. 
welcoming King Saul with tambourines, festive songs, and lutes. In playful frolic, the woman sang, Saul kills by the thousand, David by the ten thousand. This made Saul angry, very angry. He took it as a personal insult. He said, they credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Before you know it, they will be giving him the kingdom. From that moment on, Saul kept his eye on David. The next day, an ugly mood was sent by God to afflict Saul, who became quite beside himself, raving. David played his harp as usually as he usually did at such times. Saul had a spear in his hand. Suddenly, Saul threw the spear, thinking, I'll nail David to the wall. David ducked and the spear missed. This happened twice. Now Saul feared David. It was clear that God was with David and had left Saul. So Saul got David out of his sight by making him an officer in the army. David was in combat frequently. Everything David did turned out well. Yes, God was with him. As Saul saw David becoming more successful, he himself grew more fearful. He could see the handwriting on the wall. But everyone else in Israel and Judah loved David. They loved watching him in action. One day Saul said to David, Here is Mira, my elder's daughter. I want to give her to you as your wife. Be brave and bold for my sake. Fight God's battles. But all the time, Saul was thinking, the Philistines will kill him for me. I won't have to lift a hand against him. David, embarrassed, answered, do you really mean that? I'm from a family of nobodies. I can't be the son-in-law to the king. The wedding day was set, but as, I, but as the time neared for Merab and David to marry, Saul renegade. and married his daughter off to Adriel, the Meholathites. Meanwhile, Saul's daughter, Micah, was in love with David. When Saul was told of this, he rubbed his hands in anticipation. Ah, the second chance. I will use Micah as bait to get David out where the Philistines will make short work of him. So again, he said to David, you're going to be my son-in-law. Saul ordered his servants, Get David off by himself and tell him, the king is very taken with you and everyone at court loves you. Go ahead, become the king's son-in-law. King's servants told this to David, but David held back. What are you thinking of? I can't do that. I'm a nobody. I have nothing to offer. When the servants reported David's response to Saul, he told them to tell David this. The king isn't expecting any money. Only this. Go kill a hundred Philistines and bring evidence of your vengeance on the king's behalf. Avenge the king on his enemies. Saul expected David to be killed in action. Verse 26, on receiving this message, David was pleased. <laughs> there was something he could do for the king that would qualify him to be his son-in-law. He lost no time, but went right out. He and his men killed a hundred Philistines, brought their evidence back in a sack and counted it out before the king. Mission completed. So give Michal his daughter to David in marriage. As Saul more and more realized that God was with David and how much his own daughter Michal loved him, his fear of David increased and settled into hate. Saul hated David. Whenever the Philistine warlords came out to battle, David was there to meet them and beat them, upstaging Saul's men. David's name was on everyone's lips. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, chapter 19. The black mood of Saul. Verse 1. Saul called his son Jonathan together with his servants and ordered them to kill David. But because Jonathan treasured David, he went and warned him. My father is looking for a way to kill you. Here's what you ought to do. Tomorrow morning, hide and stay hidden. 
I'll go out with my father into the field where you are hiding. I'll talk about you with my father and we'll see what he says. Then I'll report back to you. Jonathan brought up David with his father, speaking well of him. Please, he said to his father, don't attack David. He hasn't wronged you, or has he? And just look at all the good he has done. He put his life on the line when he killed the Philistine. What a great victory God gave Israel that day. You were there. You saw it. And were on your feet applauding with everyone else. So why would you even think of sinning against an innocent person? Killing David for no reason. Whatever. Saul listened to Jonathan and said, You are right. As God lives, David lives. He will not be killed. Jonathan sent for David and reported to him everything that was said. Then he brought David back to Saul and everything was as it was before. War broke out again and David went out to fight for the sins. He beat them badly and they ran for their dead lives. And then a black moon from God settled over Saul and took control of him. He was sitting at home with spear in his hands while David was playing music. Suddenly Saul tried to skewer David with his spear, but David ducked. His spear stuck in the wall and David got away. It was night. Saul sent men to David's house to stick it out and then first thing in the morning to kill him. But Micah, David's wife, told him what was going on. Quickly now, make your escape tonight. If not, you'll be dead by morning. She let him out of a window and he made, him, he made his escape. And Mikael took a dummy god and put it on the bed, placed a wig of goat's hair on his head and threw a quilt over it. When Saul's men arrived to get David, she said he's sick in bed. Saul sent his men back, ordering them, bring him bed and all so I can kill him. When the men entered the room, all they found in the bed was the dummy girl with his good hair weak. Saul stormed at Micah. How could you play tricks on me like this? You sided with my enemy, and now he's gotten away. Micah said, he threatened me. He said, help me out of here or I'll kill you. David made good his escape and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him everything Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel withdrew to the privacy of Naoth. Saul was told David's at Naoth in Ramah. He immediately sent his men to capture him. They saw a band of prophets prophesying with Samuel presiding over them. Before they knew it, the Spirit of God was on them too. And they were ranting and raving right along with the prophets. <laughs> that was reported back to Saul and it dispatched more men. They too were soon prophesying. So Saul tried the third time. A third set of men, and they ended up mindlessly raving as well. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 22. Fed up, Saul went to Ramah himself. He came to the big sister at Seku and inquired, Where are Samuel and David? The bystander said, Over at Nioth in Ramah. As he headed out for the for Nioth and Ramah, the Spirit of God was on him too. All the way to Nioth, he was caught up in a babbling trance. He ripped off his clothes and lay there grumbling gibberish before Samuel for a day and a night. Stretched out naked, people are still talking about it. So, among the prophets, who would have guessed? <laughs> that is the power of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Praise God. Thank you very much, esteemed Sister Amaka, for the opportunity to read this. Thank you. I hand over to you, Brother Matthias, to take us through the information. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Brother John. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Okay, today we are taking our formation, and um, our mission will be on the screen in a moment from now. Praise the Lord. 
please can you well okay praise the lord please can you see the screen yes yes we can okay we're taking affirmation now we start affirmation by taking to start with your name my name is to say your name i have the spirit of wisdom and relationship and knowledge of christ in this paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more. You know, in knowledge and knowledge. At this time, I'll kind of ask everyone to unmute your mics as we take our information on the count of three. Please unmute your mics. One, two, three. My name is Martin Scucci. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to our communion now. Praise the Lord. And our text is taken from First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-three. I receive of the Lord <clears throat> that it also I deliver unto you, the Lord Jesus. Same night he was betrayed, took bread, when he had given thanks. He broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the body of Christ that was broken for mankind. We declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we break this bread this day, it will never be broken in life. We declare that eternal life is our present day reality. <clears throat> we have eternal life now. We have the life of God in us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And our lives are hidden in Christ in God. And every day, the world marvels at this new creature that continually dominates the world. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. Praise the Lord. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he has stopped saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. 
those three years of these two years oft as a trinket in remembrance of me. As often as you eat his bread and drink his cup, he do show the lost death till he comes. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cup of the New Testament in your blood. Thank you for this cup has speaked better things than the blood of the blood. As we take this cup this day, we declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if there be any infirmity in anyone's body, it dematerializes, it dematerializes and passes out of the body. We declare healing. We declare strength. Thank you, Lord God. This is the mark of Christ upon us. And as we take this cup, the world will see us and behold Jesus. They will not be sure thing that we are them of the God's talk. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the cup. Hail the Goprat, Sisho Brandelikis, and the Handiga Brothers. Ragapapa, Ragaponda Cobra, the day. Hallelujah. Once again, I'd like to say very big thank you to the esteemed Sister Maka for this great opportunity. Thank you, everyone. At this point, I'll hand over to the esteemed Sister Maka to take us through the benediction. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brother Martins. Thank you, Brother Dozy, Sister Joy, Brother John, and Pastor Deborah. Thank you very much. Um, I want to talk about two characters that we saw in the Bible reading that we had today. But while I'm at that, if you have a testimony, please raise your hand. The first one I want to talk about is um, the women who sang the song. He said, Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his 10,000. Now, these women, I, I am trying to understand what their motive was. It is okay to have celebrated the victory, but to strike a comparison between the king and his subordinate. I think they were looking for trouble. And you see, there are many people who are like that. You are the reason why two people are fighting because of something that you said. I will get to the character of Saul, but I want to talk about these women. What was their motive? You see, when you say certain things, you know, for instance, you say, uh, and this, this our leader has been showing himself. Thank God, God has given us somebody that has proven that, uh, 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 you know, that, that is better. Then you now begin to make some funny statements so to the person's hearing so that the person can know Be careful that you are not used of the devil to instigate a war that will outlive you. Why did I say a war that would outlive? The fight between the kingdom, the house of Saul and the house of David continued for generations. It started, it was instigated by a song. In today's time, you call them gossipers. You are the one that knows everything that is happening. How that this brother is fighting this brother. How that this sister wants to collect this, this other sister's um, fiance. You know all the gist and you are willing to spread it. And you know some people, when they are not telling this story, they will sugarcoat it to make it very interesting. These things are in the Bible for us to learn. This war, this hatred, this jealousy that these women instigated in the heart of Saul against David was going to cost David his life, but for that God was with him. Do you know that many, I once told you guys of his second partner, right? That went to do 
in in Nigeria we call it we we call it um, juju. He went to the native doctor. He went to seek um, 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 dark powers. Let me put it that way. So that the business of the first partner will crumble so that he can be number one partner. Why? We don't know. Maybe it's a statement by partnership rep. We don't know. I'm saying that words are important. Don't be the reason why jealousy is stirred up in two different individuals. You are the one that is going to tell your leader that this other brother is against him, that this other sister doesn't like the leader. It is from your mouth they are hearing it. My question is, what was your motive? What do you want to spread? The Bible says a wise man heals the gossip. He said, but the fool spreads it. When a news gets to you and it is ungodly, do you kill it? Or you are the next person to pick up your phone? Hey, Sister Grace, you, you need to hear what I heard. Hey, hey, you need to hear what I heard. Oh, hmm, what, what will somebody not hear in this life? What will somebody not see in this life? You are already spreading it. You were supposed to kill it. You were supposed to kill the gossip. It was supposed to end where it, when it got to you. But you are taking up to the next person. And then before we know it, a group of people who loved God, who were sold out to God, who used to go out of, on evangelism together, who used to exchange gifts, who used to do things for one another. Now they are cliques. These ones don't like those other ones because they feel those other ones are against them. So you see this clique of three friends here, this clique of five friends here, this clique of four friends here, the four friends are against the other five friends. They are all in the same fellowship in church. They are all in the same church. But hatred has started. David was going to die because of what these women did. And you see, Dear leaders, if you, you, you need to realize that a success without a successor is a failure. It is to your glory that you are able to raise someone who can even do something more than you did it. Enough of leaders fighting those that they have raised because Oh, it seems like this person has become more famous than you. This person has become more influential than you. Oh, this person is, seems like he or she is more loved than you. Seems because it is how you are seeing it. It is to your glory that those you raised are able to do much more. Is that not what we want? Is it not because we want much more to be done so that we can do so much before Jesus comes? Is that not why we are raising people? Why do you turn around and begin to hate someone and fight against someone that you raised? You were once the cell leader. Now that one is a cell leader and the cell is doing better than your cell. You now want to fight it. You now want to discredit it. You use every opportunity to talk that one down. Is the devil not using you now? After God has used you to raise them. Is the devil not now using you to destroy what you have built? Brothers and sisters, beware that we do not become ourselves the destructors of what we built by the spirit. You can build by the spirit and destroy by the flesh. Beware that you do not yield yourself to the devil as an instrument of destruction of the house of God, of the work of God that we are building. You see, the Bible says that the, um, say God will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He did not say that the gates of hell will not try. Warn to you if you are the reason somebody leaves church. You say, and eh, his own was too much. His own was too much, but he was in church. He was in church. At least he could still hear the word of God. And it is the word of God that is able to build a man up. It is the word of God that corrects. Did you not read it in 2 Timothy 3, 16? 
He said, the word of God is for instruction. It is for correction. It is for inspiration. If he leaves church, where would he hear the word that will correct him? You say he has a terrible character, but he's in church. You say she's a flat, but she's in church. Now you have made her live. Where would she hear the word? I'm talking to somebody here because you have made people leave church and you are going to have to go after them and ensure that they come back because something is already working against you. I don't know who that word is for. But the spirit of God is saying to us, do not be the reason why there is trouble in church. Do not be that, that one that sows discords amongst brethren. Celebrate the grace. See, the grace that you celebrate, you will partake of. The grace that you celebrate, you would attract. When you fight grace, it will disgrace you. How did Saul end? He died. He died. The kingship was taken away from him. He died and he died like a fool. He didn't die alone. He died with others. So it didn't cost him only his life. It cost him the life of others. Many may not die physical deaths, but they would die spiritually and it will cost the spiritual deaths of many others. Woe unto the one who is the reason for the fall of other Christians. These devotional times are for correction as well as they are for inspiration. Learn to take the correction of the spirit as it comes to you. And never feel like, oh, somebody is talking about me. No, is it not the Bible that we read? Every character is in the Bible and that is why the Bible is there for us so that we can see if we are playing the wrong character and we can immediately change character. That is why it is for correction. Then you can see a character and see how the character ended. You know, some people pray, I want to be like Solomon. It is a wrong prayer. Are you aware that Solomon did not end well? Stop praying such prayers. The only example we have in the scriptures is Jesus Christ. I want to be like Jesus Christ. I don't want to be like anybody. I'm, you may inspire me. I may love you. I may be inspired by your works and your life. And it might make me do, so, you know, do greater works. But I want to be like one person. And that person is Christ Jesus. Because he's the example that was given to us. If you are that way, you don't find yourself in that space where, oh, because brother John left you now say, eh, Brother John, my leader has left. I'm not doing it again. It was it Brother John that died for you? I thought it was Jesus that died for you. How does another man get upset with the pastor, leaves and then you leave? Beware who you are following. This is the month of truth. As much as we are inspired by men, as much as we are inspired by our leaders and by others, beware that you are following Christ, that you are following the word and not man. Man may inspire you. Man may guide you. Man may lead you. Man may instruct you. But let the ultimate leader be Christ and let the truth that you live by be the word of God. See, when you stay in the word, you will know when a leader is leading you wrong. You will know. See, to be honest with you, I've had mental figures in my life at some point in the journey of my Christian life that I had to cut away from, that I had to stay away from. I had to stay away from meetings where we would see each other and we had to gist because I knew that they were going to be talking against another leader that, they were, that, was, that is higher than them. When you have such leaders in your life, it doesn't matter how inspiring they are. Cut off. Do the work that you must do in, in terms of ministry work that has been assigned to you. But that relationship, avoid it. We follow Christ. We don't follow man. He gave some gifts. He said pastors, evangelists. He called different offices. He said for the work of the ministry and for the perfecting of the saints. He did not say so that they may act as Christ in our lives. The moment you are not being perfected anymore by those gifts, 
then you need to look for how to avoid such people. When he talks about false prophets, you need to know that they are in church now. Some of them are cell leaders. Some of them are pastors at different levels. Are you aware that Judah was the highest? You know, in our ministry, for instance, we have what we call Zona pastors. We have CC members. Judas was a CC member. Maybe you didn't think about it like that. Man is not your God. Don't follow man and lose your salvation. He that has ears, let him hear what the spirit of God is saying to his children. Let us unmute as we share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you.